This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC. And whoa, there's a lot of stuff going on tonight, guys. A lot of stuff's been happening this week. We got Zack Snyder's Justice League is out right now, or the Snyder Cut, or the Director's Cut, or whatever they're calling it. It's out, all four hours of it. Um, I've seen, like, 20 minutes of it? So, we'll... We'll get to talking about that later. I haven't seen the whole thing. We will have a full review later. And then also, Falcon Lunar Soldier is out. And uh, this is another little show out that I also want to talk about that I mentioned uh, last time we spoke. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then we'll we'll start off with some news. And then we'll even have a little top five in there in the middle to uh, round things out. I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. But before we do that, of course, introductions are in order. My name is Ben. And joining me, it is my good friend and co-host, not Zach Arnold. Sorry. He's not here tonight. He couldn't make it, all right? He's a busy guy. But the show must go on. We miss him dearly, but I think we got a pretty good replacement for him. It's our good buddy, Mr. Steven Schinder. Steven, what's up with you? Hey, real glad to be here. There's, like, more to talk about than I think either of us anticipated, really. (laughs) But, like, you mentioned that you saw 20 minutes of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and, like, I was honestly planning on waiting till Saturday to watch it with a couple people, but I ended up like, I guess, peer pressured by the internet to watch it. And (laughs) like, I got through all four hours of it and man, do I have some thoughts. Oh my gosh. That's uh that's quite a feat. Cause like, I'm, I'm just like, there's no way I'm going to sit down and watch this whole thing in one sitting. So I'm just kind of like getting chunks of it in. And so I watched 20 minutes of it, like 20, I watched the first chapter of it. So however long that is up until the point where uh, stuff happens, we'll we'll get into it. If you don't want to know anything, we'll we'll give you a warning, but we're not going to be talking big spoilers or anything like that. And uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I've been looking forward to for a very long time. I have not seen any bit of it because I've been busy all day and it came out last night. And so I've been just swamped, haven't been able to see it, and I'm I'm sick, but I've been seeing a lot of great things, so uh, I'm very excited for that. And I think you have seen that, haven't you? Yeah, I saw it right after finishing Justice League, and like I watched it right before going to sleep. So yeah, like what a night! <laughs> like just looking back, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> a hell of a Thursday. So uh, yeah. It's Friday now, and both those things are out, and we'll be talking a bit about of them. Uh, so uh, we'll get won't get probably any spoilers on Winter Soldier because I haven't seen it yet. But uh, Steven will give his initial thoughts, and we'll we'll see how that goes. And then uh, yeah, some other stuff going on. But before we get into that, of course, um, we get a little bit of news to discuss stuff related to the MCU and the whole Disney Plus uh, shenanigans and all the stuffs happening over there, and something that just came across came up in my. Uh, my my feed of a second ago right as we were starting and it comes from a instagram account called accurate mcu 
Now, I can't confirm this, honestly. I don't know how accurate, accurate MCU is. I see a lot of their stuff, and I assume they're a good source, but who knows? But so this just dropped, and it says that, uh, quote, the WandaVision post-credit scene takes place in Sokovia, and the scene will be included in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So this is seemingly like setting up that they didn't just like as i assumed make that scene for wandavision it's a scene from multiverse of madness a la like what they did with ant-man and like you get to the end of ant-man the first one and there's a scene from civil war and it's like bucky and the the vice grip and you know sam and steve are talking about him like so i like took a string so we're like gonna see this scene like fully realized and like I don't know what's going to happen, but like that's that's really exciting. And I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, like in hindsight, it makes sense that it's Sokovia. Like I thought it was just some random location. Like I I think back to the very end of The Incredible Hulk, and I don't remember there being any significance to where he was hiding out at the end of that. I think it was just somewhere to like go into hiding, but... Like, it makes, like, for Wanda, like, yeah, Sokovia, like, that's, that really fits. And I feel like this is going to be kind of similar to how we had that post credit scene for the first Doctor Strange, which itself ended up being part of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be kind of like that. That, I didn't even think about that one. That's a great, it's a great, uh, suggestion there so i think if this does turn out to be true i think that's really interesting and just kind of getting the whole like because that's a that's a pretty dark scene like me me and zach talked about it like you know last we spoke like it you know she's got the dark hole and the dark hole is a pretty evil book and she's she's reading it man she's into it and she's astral projecting and all this kind of stuff like it's pretty dark so like you know, could be setting up like what we're going to be getting in Multiverse of Madness in in the sense of like what what that means for the future of her character. Like, you know, is she could she go dark? She could she got to get into some stuff she doesn't know how to get out of. You know, could she even turn into a villain? Like, you know, anything's on the, t- on the table right now. But uh, that's really interesting. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I mean, it could very well be like Civil War, but with magic. Like, that's kind of how I imagine it could end up being. It's possible. And we, I mean, we have no idea, like, who's going to show up in this. Like, you know, you have, you have obviously Wanda and Stephen Strange. But, like, they're going through multiverse of madness. Like, it's funny how, like, all these rumors about, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield showing up in Spider-Man 3 or what is it? Spider-Man No Way Home now? Yeah. Um, like there's all this like multiverse stuff and clearly like that could be setting this up, but like there could be some cameos in multiverse of madness. Like they're going to different dimensions and stuff like that. Like we could get, you know, Ralph Boner, but like actual Quicksilver this time. (laughs) Yeah. Like they could show like actual, uh, Fox Quicksilver and be like, Hey, you look kind of like that Ralph Boner guy, and he could be like, "What'd you call me?" And it'd be kind of funny. Like, it, it would kind of be like the Mandarin situation, but like 
fixing it sooner rather than like waiting years later if that makes sense yeah that really is the way to fix that it's just like you just they just land in the fox universe and quicksilver's there and maybe deadpool too and he's like you know like oh oh ralph boner again and like who <laughs> and and peter maximoff and deadpool would love ralph boner that would that would be a joke that they would love so like sign me up i hope that's actually in the movie yeah i i actually heard that ryan reynolds apparently watched green lantern for the first time on saint patrick's day and like made a drinking game out of it or something i heard that like, i'm disappointed that he didn't like do a commentary or something or like live stream himself watching it yeah, like I think he only live tweeted. And honestly, I was kind of surprised that he hadn't watched the finished product before, if I understand correctly, because that movie's been out for like it's going on 10 years this summer. So it's that's wild. Yeah, that is crazy. Like, you know, it kind of blows my mind. Like, you know, you had Zack Snyder and like the fact that, and I read the whole article about the fact that he like they were doing the movie and then Whedon stepped in and he was like, uh, like, don't watch this. And like, Zack Snyder hasn't seen a movie that he has been credited as as directing. Like, that's crazy, but also probably a good idea because they butchered his baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, like, they really do feel like two different films. Those two versions of Justice League. Like, like sometimes people will oversell it like with the x-men days of future past rogue cut i remember some of the ads said it's like watching a completely different film or whatever and while the bits of new footage that was added was really good and i think an improvement slightly it didn't feel like watching a completely different film so it's like the tone was still consistent and whatnot and basically the same story whereas um like with Snyder's Justice League, it does feel very different in a bunch of places, even with like the shared stuff. Yeah, that's not really I, I've only seen the rogue cut of Days of Future Past. And I can only imagine like from what I've read, like it's just like they just took out the subplot with Rogue. Like that's basically it. It's not really a different movie. Whereas Snyder cut, like I've only seen the first 20 minutes, but like it is a vastly different movie just from the first 20 minutes like it's so different um and there's still a lot is the same there's still several beats at least from what i've seen that are the same but they're done differently they look differently it's obviously a different aspect ratio and stuff like that we'll get into that in a bit all right i'm getting carried away we got a loki poster all right they revealed that right on top of uh falcon and winter soldier coming out um not a lot to talk about Beyond what we've seen in the trailers, he's in this kind of jumpsuit. The the T T V T V A, I think, is a time various authority where he's been like captured and like they're I think it's Owen Wilson is playing the character called Mobius, I think. And uh, they're like, you know, obviously trying to keep a hand on him because uh he Loki kinda screwed some things up and now he's kinda a man at a time and going through this and you know, it, it's interesting. It's gonna be you know, the, the obviously the big clock. I just noticed the clock in the background. So like, okay, that makes sense. Time variance authority. Okay, I get it. That's very it's very on the nose. But like, um, you know, that trailer was interesting and uh I'm very much we are not that far from Loki. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, what really what really stands out to me about this Loki poster is he looks very much like 
Anthony Hopkins' version of Hannibal Lecter, like just the way he's standing with his arms behind him and like the stare. And it's weird how he looks more like Anthony Hopkins' son than Chris Hemsworth does to me when like Loki is supposed to be the adopted one. I didn't even think about that. That's true. Like he does like straight up, like you could believe that Tom Hiddleston was, was his son. But uh, yeah, he's the he's he's adopted. So <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> wow. So that's cool, and, and it's a cool poster. And uh, like I said, it's coming out when they say June 11th. So really, not that far. I'm assuming not too long after, um, you know, we get Falcon Winter Soldier, Bad Batch, and uh, Loki. Not yeah, too what- long away. Like, it makes me wonder if Bad Batch will overlap with Loki or if Bad Batch might be, like, a mini-series. Like, I'm really curious how that's going to turn out. Yeah, and, and like, we're we're all assuming that, like, all these Marvel series, like, obviously WandaVision seemed to be a, a mini-series. There weren't going to be a season two. But, like, you know, some of them could be. Like, Loki, we, we don't really know. Like, they haven't really gave an indication. Like, they they've been up front with like, okay, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier, that's following up after, you know, Endgame and dealing with, you know, Legacy of Captain America. And then WandaVision leads into Multiverse of Madness. They haven't really talked about Loki in that way. They haven't given us like any indication of like where this is going. And like, you know, obviously in the MCU, Loki died, or at least the Loki that we knew. And now this is a different version of him. And like, you know, where is this going to go? And like, I mean, the biggest question is like, what? How does this affect Thor: Love and Thunder? And like, do we have the first Thor movie without Loki, or is this possibly going to fit him back into it? That, that's yeah, I never thought about that because I've been under the impression that these will probably never intersect. But it it could be interesting seeing Thor encounter a different version of Loki who didn't have that experience of heroically redeeming himself. It like, it's kind of like some of the stuff we've seen in the Arrowverse with like the different sort of versions of the flash and the different Harrison Wells and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Laurel died in Arrow and then they brought back, you know, Black Siren and, you know, kept that actor around but she was playing a different character. So now you kind of get the same thing here. And and we, the same thing happened with Gamora. Like Gamora died, but now they have this right. other Gamora out there from this alternate dimension that clearly is going to play into Guardians of the Galaxy at some point. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting how, how they bring all this together and how, you know, obviously the multiverse is massive. Like they can do literally anything. Like if they wanted to bring Captain America back, which Feige keeps saying they're not going to, they could very easily just end up in another dimension and go, hey, okay, there's different version of Captain America. Here we go. Like that could happen. So like the idea that like at least two main characters that have died could potentially come back into the fold, but they're alternate versions that don't have all the memories, don't have the history and the development that the previous versions had, you know, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I remember a time when it was rumored that John Krasinski might become uh, Captain America before they cast Chris Evans in the role. So I remember that it, it'd be funny if there were an alternate universe where he is Steve Rogers. Like that'd be kind of funny. 
they really they really have to do that. Like, I'm not convinced that John Krasinski is going to be Mr. Fantastic. I feel like they might go with someone lesser known for the role um, when that actually comes. But uh, I hope, like, maybe in Multiverse of Madness, they just, like, you know, he's in there either as Captain America or as Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, just there. acknowledge, like, every single fan cast thing. <laughs> that would be amazing. So, uh, either way, looking forward to it. Multiverse, I, I love that the MCU just getting wacky and weird. And uh, we're we're on the cusp of this just getting so convoluted. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah, for sure. Um, and okay, so speaking of like the MCU and like MCU movies, and the fact that we haven't gotten one of those in the while, thankfully, uh, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier are, are strictly streaming. But the next MCU movie, Black Widow, was already supposed to be out by now. I think we probably should have gotten Eternals by now. Like, it's kind of crazy how far behind we are. And they still aren't committing to the a release window for Black Widow because things are kind of still up in the air. You know, we've got a lot. we got a still a good ways to go before we can shake this pandemic. So it's they're, they're saying now, and this was something that came up from, uh, I think it was uh, Bob Chapek, who is the CEO of Disney, and uh, he said, and this is from uh, CNET, and they say, quote, but uh, Chapek said Wednesday that Disney would remain flexible, quote unquote, after he asked after he was asking an interview on Bloomberg whether the company is still committed to both both to Black Widow's May 7th release date and its exclusivity to theaters. And Chapek said this. We'll make the call probably at the last minute in terms of how these films come to the market, whether it's Black Widow or any other title. We've had unbelievable success in theaters, so we think it's important to build our franchises. But at the same time, we don't think it's the only way to do it. So, Chapek seems to be talking like they want it released in theaters, but they're not like committed to anything. I, I would be, I would not be shocked if tomorrow they announce this is going straight to Disney Plus via their premier premium thing um which i don't like like i want to see black widow in the theater i don't care how long i waited but i understand that marvel and disney doesn't want to wait forever for theaters to open back up so they can actually release this movie and actually make you know a good amount of money on it um but you know obviously they're leaving everything on the table so they're they're not committing to anything and uh who knows what could happen yeah, I'm really surprised that they still did the premiere thing for Raya and the Last Dragon. Because, like, after Milan, like, after they tried that experiment and then Soul was free to, like, like Soul was free on Disney Plus, I thought to myself, okay, I guess the Milan thing didn't work how they wanted and they're just gonna do streaming without the. $30 premiere access thing, but it looks like they're still trying, like, for whatever reason. Yep. It seems to be working for them, apparently. So, they're they're gonna keep going with this, I guess. And, you know, it... it you know, we've talked about it before. It's, it sets a interesting precedent, to say the least, you know, when these studios realize that they don't necessarily have to 
you know, go out of their way to release them in theaters. They and they don't have to rely on theaters to release these movies. And you know, and it's really hard to track like how successful a movie is when it's released on streaming. They can just do it, and it gives them a boost, and people will pay. In hindsight, if you're a family, you know, they're 30 or 40 bucks you pay on Disney Plus is not actually not that big of a deal. You're going to pay that much just going to a theater. So I get it. I'm not doing it because I'm cheap. But, you know, I get that other people are doing it. And I get that Disney probably is going to keep doing this with their movies. Obviously, they've done it twice and it seems to be working pretty well. So uh, we'll see. Right. But uh, one other thing before we move on, and this isn't one that um, I'm particularly into because I haven't seen the first of these movies, but there's a second one coming, and it's kind of in the MCU, but also kind of not, depending on who you ask. I think Sony definitely thinks so. Um, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which is the sequel to Venom with Tom Hardy, um, is apparently ready to go or about to be released but now they've pushed it back to september 17th which is like at this point i don't even know why i included this in the notes because like every (laughs) day there's like oh this movie got pushed back and this movie got pushed back and no surprises there so like you know either it's coming out on a streaming or they're hell-bent on getting in theaters and they're going to keep pushing it back until things so you know it's just you know, it wasn't that long ago they were like, you know, oh, we were mid-2020. They're like, oh, we're going to push it back to December. No, that didn't work. So, uh, I don't know. Do you Are you interested in the Venom films at all? Are you excited about this one? So, the first one, uh, I was really bored by the first act of it. Like, it, like I was having trouble staying awake during, like, the first half hour oh, or wow. whatever it was. Um, I did like the dynamic between eddie brock and the suit like i thought that was funny but there were other aspects of the movie that like could have been better so i kind of wonder if let there be carnage could potentially be an improvement so i'd be curious to see if it is um but like i'm not sure how high my hype levels are for this like i do want to see what carnage would look like in live action but other than that there's like not a whole lot that i'm clinging on to for this particular one yeah yeah i like i'm not gonna judge because like i said i haven't seen the first venom movie but uh you know and obviously they're they're trying to build their own universe over there with sony you got morbius coming around and they've got, you know, Michael Keaton showing up in that. And they're supposed to have, you know, obviously Venom. I think it's rumored that Tom Holland is in it. I think. I don't know. Yeah, I can't but, remember if he's if that's been rumored or not, but it probably has. Um, the Morbius trailer did intrigue me. So I do want to see that and how they might handle potential connections to the other stuff. Um, like. Like, it's a really weird thing because uh, you have the different rights, like with Marvel and Sony, and it's something I just want to see out of curiosity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, Sony is trying to build their own universe and they, they know the power of Spider Man and they want to do their things, and I guess more power to them. But uh, um, I think I heard something recently, something about like that 
Tom Holland obviously wants to keep doing this until he dies. And, <laughs> and like, and they said that maybe No Way Home won't be, won't be the last like outing for Spider-Man in the MCU. Or I think there was, there was a rumor. I don't know if it was a rumor. I don't think it was official for sure, but they were saying that they were going to split the MCU Spider-Man into two franchises. And there was going to be a Miles Morales franchise. And there was going to be a Tom Holland, Peter Parker in college trilogy, I guess coming. Okay. Yeah. Cause we know that Miles exists in the MCU. Like he's mentioned right. in Homecoming, but at that point he's like a kid. I don't think we know for sure how old he is, but maybe at the point that the MCU is in the timeline, he's old. He could be old enough to become Spider-Man at this point. But who knows? Well, a lot of people have pointed out that, like you know, it it, it kind of is implied, like. Like Aaron, like played by Donald Glover, like imply seems to imply that like he's a younger kid, but like since then the snap has happened. Yeah, and the like five years may, later thing, and like it depends on like it could easily go either way. Like it could be just oh he's you know he was snapped away and he came back and he's you know he's younger or he didn't snap away and now he's older and you know maybe he was five or six and you know he's he's. 10 or 15 and he could be kind of like you know i don't know i think there's a lot of i think tom holland spider-man still has a lot of growing up to do so i hope they don't yeah. like shoehorn it into like okay now he's the now he's the mentor like i still think he's got a long way to go to like becoming like feeling like an adult because tom holland definitely plays him as like you know 15 16 17 um and Tom Holland's like probably 25 at this point. So like, you know, he can't do that forever. And I hope he can transition into kind of the mental role at some point, but still I love that character and I don't want them to like force anything on him. I, I want him to just kind of develop naturally. And, you know, he, I'm assuming maybe, maybe by the time you get to no way home, he's graduating high school, getting into college. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Like Tom Holland's Spider-Man's growth has to feel organic and like i really want to see him come into his own because yeah like we we know the high school spider-man like that's a really huge thing and i'm hoping that with these three movies these three solo movies that he's done that that'll be like the high school trilogy and maybe a uh, next step is like college spider-man movies and beyond or what have you and like see him mature as the movies go along yeah so uh yeah that, that, I, i'm just i'm i'm very much i love that spider-man trilogy so far so i'm looking forward to no way home i think it's gonna be great and and uh, you know what i'm not holding out i'm not holding my breath for a toby mcguire <laughs> cameo it's all still rumors and i'm afraid that people like they did with wandavision are probably gonna be really <laughs> disappointed when they're like oh oh you know this didn't have all the other Spider-Man is like, no one said it was like, it was never thing. I like, think like uh, Toby, like Toby McGuire shows up as the pizza delivery guy. And his name is also Peter Parker, but it's just a common name. He's not even the Spider-Man from his universe or he's Peter Boner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Boy. That, that I think if you, if you put Toby McGuire in there, and he's not Spider-Man. You put Andrew Garfield in there. He's not playing a Peter Parker. 
like I think we that may start World War Three. I think it may just you know Marvel fans will just take to the streets and burn everything down because they won't <laughs> won't be able to take it. Yeah, they'll be like hashtag fire Kevin Feige or whatever. <laughs> hey, don't put it past them. Don't put it past them. Right, um, right. This is the internet. <laughs> this is the internet. You put it out there, and the next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I guarantee you. Let me. Oh, real quick, I am just morbidly curious. You're gonna Google is, it. <laughs> I'm going to Twitter, and I'm doing hashtag fire Kevin. I, I think I know how to spell Foggy. Forget. Is that how you spell Foggy? I think. I is think there the I is before is after the E. Yeah, I got it right. Oh, there actually is. I don't know if these people are doing it ironically or not. First one is from Conrad J. Dunbar. Fire Kevin Feige. He keeps ruining everything. It doesn't seem to care. <laughs> this is from 2014. It has nothing to do with what's going on now. This this Conrad guy has been pissed at Kevin Feige since 2014. Wow. And there's some newer ones. The last one was in 2019. So there's there's been no uh, no backlash since WandaVision, which is good. Which is good. I, I don't encourage that. I wasn't the biggest fan of the Ralph Boner reveal, but I don't want to fire Kevin Feige. So, uh. Yeah, I'm like looking, and I'm actually kind of surprised that there are, these few, there are very few of these hashtag fire Kevin Feige tweets. I thought there would at least be like, I don't know, hundreds, even if they're just like, jokingly i thought for sure someone would be like oh yeah fire kevin feige her, 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 like you know as a joke <laughs> but like there's none of that i'm disappointed in you twitter um yeah so get on that or i'm actually gonna have to start like tweeting fire <laughs> kevin feige because i want to be on the top of this list i want to be in on that i want to be the ground no. floor on the fire kevin feige train no what, what you gotta do is you gotta make it seem like something that gets taken out of context so you like you have your fan cast for the human torch or whatever or you make a post where you're like Hey, I really want the Human Torch to show up really soon. I think it'd be fire. Hashtag fire, Kevin Feige. <laughs> oh man, you give me ideas. You give me ideas now. <laughs> That's uh, oh man. Hmm. We shall see about this. Um, and look, don't put it past in a year like that could be a legitimate thing. Um, for uh, fire Kevin Feige because uh, if they do anything woke, then uh, who? Lord have mercy, um, Kevin Feige. But anyway, that was a tangent. I love that. But yeah. uh, we have a top five segment tonight. And it's just going to be between the two of us because I I told you, and you've been on this for a little while. You had this idea for a top five. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. But I was like, I'm not sure. It seems kind of niche. So I'm not sure if like everyone will be into it or like, you know, we'll get a lot of responses. So we're just going to be the two, two of us. If you guys disagree with me, that's fine. Send in your lists. Um, we won't be obviously reading them tonight. Um, if, you, if you're in the chat right now, you can you can very well send them in. But uh, if you're listening in the futures, you know, email us, whatever. But uh, this is one that I was like, OK, I can think of a list. No problem. I'm not sure about anybody else, but I can come up with a list. And then I start looking around, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is pretty niche because I'm having trouble with this, and I struggled <laughs> with this. So this isn't my top five, what we're going to talk about. It's like the only five I could think of. So we're going to get into it. And so I won't keep stalling here, and it's top five 
clip show episodes. Now, for those who don't understand this, can you kind of explain briefly like what you're talking about here, Stephen? Right. So clip show episodes, uh, they're usually in sitcoms, but maybe they'll be in like other types of sh- types of shows, um, even animated stuff. It's basically they'll put out an episode where it's like the characters being like, hey, remember that time when and they'll show clips from previous episodes or whatever. Sometimes it'll be to commemorate a series having like 100 episodes or something, or it might be completely random and just a fun thing to do. Maybe even clips the audience hasn't seen before, because that's funny. Um, I I feel like in general, people don't like clip shows that much. And like, honestly, I myself don't like them that much, which is why the choices I have are like... um, like they're kind of outside of the mold so i might be like cheating a bit (laughs) that's funny and and that's the the amount of research that i did just kept coming up with articles going like clip shows are the worst here's the top (laughs) 10 like worst clip show episodes in tv i'm like wow okay like people really don't like clip shows and i can think of a couple examples that are in my list that are like really bad but some of them I quite like. Like, I think it's good when it's done right. And then it's sometimes, I think most of the time, it's not done right. And uh, there's there's a lot of different things. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your list. I'm looking forward to hearing to you because I think you, you're pretty passionate about this. So uh, this should be interesting. But uh, I guess we can just go ahead and kind of alternate and go through this. Um, I will say before we get started, um, and if you haven't written number five ready, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's time one more time for Shinder's list. Okay, so here we are. Top five clip show episodes. And as I said, guys, if you if you have a top five list, if you for some reason love clip shows, that's like your favorite thing in sitcoms and just TV in general, um, by all means, send in your list. Um, we'd love to hear them. We'll read them on, on an upcoming episode, or maybe if you if you drop them in the show in the in the chat tonight, we'll we'll read them tonight. Um, but Stephen, by all means, go ahead with your number five on your list. Right, so my number five right off the bat is probably one that nobody would think of. Um, It's actually, instead of a TV show, it actually pertains to a podcast. And it's a Star Wars podcast. Uh, It's when they celebrated a certain anniversary of theirs. Um, uh, It's not Star Wars Underworld, so calm down. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, It is... How Star Wars is it? Um, oh so, yeah, yeah. I, I think I talked about them on the t- on the top five podcast episode, right? Remember when we talked about that? Oh yeah, I never forget that. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So basically, for anyone who hasn't heard of them, they compare things to Star Wars and rate them on a scale of one to ten based on how Star Wars they feel. Uh, but for their one-year anniversary uh, celebration, they did this clip show episode. It's like their 53rd episode. Um, it came out a little more than a year ago. And it's a compiled of 
it's composed of like some clips that they recorded uh, as if they were from previous episodes, but they really aren't. And so <laughs> you'll have like these silly things like, hey, remember when we pitched the show to anchor.fm because that's where their podcast is. And like, obviously, it's just them two voicing the characters within these clips. So you'll have like one of them voicing like someone from Anchor or you'll have one of them voicing Hayden Christensen and like their quote unquote flashback <laughs> to when they met him on the show. Um, and there, there's also one where uh, like they pretend that they did like a Harry Potter episode and we're like, oh, remember that? And like one of them like sings like the we didn't start the fire song, but the words are like him trying to say different names of Harry Potter characters that you can tell it's like on the spot improvised because like he's struggling with the names and it's it's such a mess but it's so fun and so like laugh out loud funny that's that sounds really funny I like the idea of like taking the clip show concept which is very cliche and very like you know like you know what you're doing and turning it on its head and going like okay we're gonna lean into this and like make fun of it in the same way so that it's it's still like it's not like cringy <laughs> because like yeah i you know I, I we've done i think we've done we've done clip shows on uh star wars in a roll um i think the last one it's funny you just mentioned that because i remember like hey yeah we're boxing day show was was basically a clip show i didn't even think about the idea that it was a clip show but it is oh you're totally right (laughs) and uh because like we normally do you know we get a bunch of people together and talk about star wars but you know being things as they were in the world we just kind of like hey we took a break and we just did that and dominic put that together and you know it was it was interesting to you know it's interesting to look that to that lens of like oh yeah it is a clip show but I, i like the idea of like just doing that but in the most clever way possible and uh that sounds really funny yeah and they're not the first uh people to turn it on its head in that way but yeah it was just really entertaining to listen to so like if anyone like gets a chance like just give that a shot (laughs) that's really cool i love that so yeah that's a great selection great one and uh ready for my number five then uh yeah go ahead with your number five (laughs) i just raised my fingers but like you can't even see them so (laughs) five is like a subway commercial five five no i'm not doing that yes subway clip show when (laughs) (laughs) clip up clip me off some subway um okay no no not doing there not going there um so my number five is one that, as I said, I was scraping bottom of the barrel here because I, I didn't, I couldn't remember. But, and I barely remember this. I don't even know if this actually exists. So someone might need to confirm this. I did research. I didn't really find anything to confirm this. But have you ever watched Leave it to Beaver? I know of it, but I've never watched it. This is like really old show. Like we're talking fifties at least. Like it's the type of show that, like you know, if it had been probably more popular, more iconic, 
WandaVision would have done an episode on it, but they didn't. Um, um, obviously, you know, it's not a super popular show, but it's, you know, it's Leave it to Beaver. And, you know, it's 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 show that I haven't seen in a very long time. I used to kind of watch it occasionally back when I was younger. Um, but I swear there was one episode where, like, it was just egregiously, like, they just run out of ideas. <laughs> and so they were going to do a <laughs> clip show. And it was basically just like okay, if you're not familiar with Leave It to Be, I think everyone is. But if you're not, like it's it's basically you know a, a, a mom and a dad and the two sons, and the Beaver is the youngest kid, and you know he gets in trouble. To, you know normal, normal fifties kid stuff. Like it's very you know very you know all American type show like that. But uh, it's like they just they just go down and sit in the living room. They're like, hey, you remember that time? And it just like you know fades away. <laughs> <laughs> and it just flashes back, and they show that scene, and then it comes back to him like, "Oh, I remember that scene." And they go back to that scene. It's very like, guys, you 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 didn't put any effort to this, did you? Like the 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 episode, like the script had to be just like, "Hey, just sit around and and say, hey, remember that?" And they just put they just edited in the clip. So the most egregious and probably the laziest like version of a clip show that I can think of is my number five with Leave it to Beaver. And like I said, I barely remember it, so it may not even exist. I may just have a some kind of blank memory here, but uh, I'm pretty sure it exists, and I'm pretty sure it was terrible. <laughs> I'm, that's that's like so, some tagline you could put on the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> I don't remember it. Um, I don't know if it exists, but it's probably terrible. That's the holiday <laughs> special in a nutshell. And that's the official Disney um, statement on it. They're like, I don't know. I don't know if it exists, but it's probably terrible. Um, it's definitely terrible. All right. Everybody knows it's definitely terrible. Um, you know what? Oh, my God. I just thought about this. There's a clip show in the holiday special. Oh, like like there is kind of a montage, isn't there? Like at the end, at the end, yeah, where like I can't remember weird. which part. It's yeah, the one I, where the, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like after the singing, and then it shows. I it, I guess like Chewbacca's like having flashbacks to like the first movie or something, and it has like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like it's I trying to like save that. the thing. <laughs> yeah, like it's right at the end where the Wookies are all there and they're wearing their bread snuggies. And then, like, I think it's, like, right before the credits, it, like, goes yeah. off, and there's, like, you you have, like, the the scene where Luke and Han are walking down to get their medals and stuff like that. There's a couple scenes, and, there, and then there's straight-out, like, reused footage from A New Hope in that scene, yeah. like, um, in, in the earlier part of the holiday special. I didn't realize that. And it's technically TV. Technically, it fits. I could have put the holiday special in my list. I didn't realize that. But uh, technically, maybe not a clip show, but I'm calling it anyway. It's official. <laughs> yeah, it's it's canon now, according to IPC. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Disney. It's canon, <laughs> whether you like it or not. Uh, whether you like it or not, actually, screw you, George Lucas, because he's the one that, that made sure that didn't happen. Um, holy crap. All right, so <laughs> I think we're on to number four, Stephen. Uh, what is your number four? Okay, so this is one that I know for a fact you are familiar with. Um, so we've talked about Seinfeld. Rem- remember when we did that, Ben? Oh, what a time. Oh, uh, That but... was great. I, yeah, it was great. It was the best. 
Yeah, oh, such a good clip. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think there have there are like two Seinfeld clip show episodes. One of them is called The Highlights of 100. And it's basically just all reused stuff. And I think when me and my brother uh, were going through the show one time, he was like, you know what, I'm going to skip this one. And I was like, yeah, it, uh, yeah, you're not really missing much. Um, but the one that is really good that we both like sit through is the one that's toward the end of the series right before the finale it's called the chronicle and you know it's the 45 minute or one hour with commercials special where they go through clips from throughout the series but they also showcase bloopers and stuff like there's one of like the multiple takes of like the elaine and um frank costanza fight where he's like you want a piece of me? And she's it's like so laughing good. and like Jason Alexander drops to the floor and they just can't keep it together. Um, and it also has that really heartwarming montage set to the Green Day song, Good Riddance, which is always heartwarming. Like the characters are terrible people, but seeing the like the footage of like everyone working together and like set to that song, it's just so good. Like it's it's a really good way to for people at the time to like say goodbye and remember the good times fondly yeah you know what now that you mentioned i completely forgot about the 100th episode it's it's, it is like a straight up clip show in the sense that you know it's just clips and you know there's there's an introduction which is great is it's jerry going like oh 100 episodes i'll be there in a minute like (laughs) yelling at him down the hall like it's funny and like you know, they didn't like do it egregiously. Like you know, obviously they had a good excuse, hundred episodes. But uh, the the one you're talking about, I think, is much much better. It's more of a it's part of the finale. You know, it's kind of like that second to last episode, and it's kind of like celebrating the show. And it's it's really you know, it's funny like with the bloopers, but it's also really heartwarming, kind of like a, a tribute to the show and, and all the actors and, and people that were involved. It's it's great. Yeah definitely like such a good show and such a fitting way to honor it and like i just love that clip show episode yeah because like we've talked about like you know not everyone loves the 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 finale episode and i get it like i i don't have really have any problem with it but i understand right. like you know finales are always weird with people you know it's it's we just had one division finale not everybody like that like you know the the ending sometimes doesn't do it for everybody but it is a weird finale but like even if you don't like that, um, I think that you know that last. I think it's the Seinfeld Chronicles. It's 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 a great little throwback, and uh, you know it's it's a great send off for the show. I mean, if you if you want to ignore the last episode, you could just pretend that's the last episode, I guess. <laughs> right, or you could um, take the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where they do like a reunion show within the show, and take that as the last episode if you want. <laughs> True true that's uh that's great that's great um all right so my number four is one from a show and it's it's a show that's been talked about a lot recently um especially after wandavision again i could not find proof of this existing but i'm going off my memory and i and my memory is not really that great but i'm trusting it now I'm trusting that Bewitched had at least one, if not more, clip shows. 
And I swear it was the same concept of just like them just sitting down and just talking about, you know, oh, yeah, I remember that. And then they just go and it just flashes back. And Bewitched, obviously, if you've seen Bewitched, it's a weird show. Like it's about witches and doing crazy stuff like, you know, it's 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 one division, but tamer. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's a fun show, but it is like it's it's the more like, OK, yeah, I'm skipping this one. Like if you're on the rewatch, you don't don't bother with it because like it's 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 just like older stuff and then like it would be interesting to see like how because i don't remember this again this may not exist i may be making this up but if it is like if it's like with the new darren <laughs> like with dick york or whatever his name is dick Sargent, i think is the second darren yeah um, it would be I, really like, weird i've never to... watched the show but i know that there's like the recast thing that's notorious for the dick york is first and then they replace him with dick Sargent, and they try to just ignore it and think that everyone doesn't <laughs> notice that he changed <laughs> but he is because he's a completely different character like dick Sargent doesn't even try to emulate dick york he's just a different darren he looks different he acts different everything um it would be really awkward if like if dick Sargent and then they're flashing back to episodes with dick york <laughs> <laughs> like it's like darren you look different <laughs> from from when you look back in that flashback um um, also, I mean, Bewitched has the whole, like, they could easily just, like, oh, it's magic! We're we're gonna go back and look at this crystal ball! Like, I'm sure they probably did stuff like that, too. Um, I've only, I think I've only, like, watched through Bewitched, like, once through. Um, yeah, I think I've only watched the movie remake that has, I think Will Ferrell was one of the characters Will in Will Ferrell, it. yep. And that's a weird movie, because it's, it's a, it's a movie, it's a universe where there are real witches... But they're doing a reboot of Bewitched because Bewitched exists in this universe. Right. And then the girl that gets cast as Samantha is actually a real witch in real life. And then there's a the whole thing. And then Will Ferrell is like playing her Darren, but he's freaking out because thing. it's a it's a lot. I don't remember much about that movie except that it's it's wild. Yeah, I remember vaguely that I was entertained by it, but I kind of wonder if maybe I'd enjoy it less if I watch it now. I don't know. I just remember they included the song Everything She, Everything she Does is Magic, I think is the name of the song. And I'm like, okay, that's A-plus on soundtrack. Makes sense. It's a good song <laughs> to use for a Bewitched movie. Everything else, I don't know. I can't remember if the movie was good. So uh, that's a thing. That happened. Um, may, so mark my number four down as bewitched clip show maybe <laughs> yeah to just turn it into a song bewitched clip show maybe or <laughs> however it goes i'm know. sure you can you can definitely turn that into something yeah. but um okay so i think we're on to number three now do would yeah. you like to uh, share that with us yeah, so my number three it is actually the earliest instance I can think of of a clip show where they subvert the concept. Because uh, this came out in 2000, and um, it's from Clerks, the animated series. Uh, now, I don't know if you've ever watched the show or the movie, but like it, it's a Kevin Smith thing. He's, you know, he play silent bob and like very briefly there was this animated series on i think it was abc if i remember correctly and it uh -huh. got canceled um it only had six episodes 
But the second episode, or what was intended to be the second episode, is a clip show. And so it includes clips from the very first episode. Like, like, okay, so Dante and Randall, the two quirks, they get locked in a freezer and, like, her trying to get out. And uh, I think Randall is like, it's hoth cold. And Dante's like, make more Star Wars references. I'll make us warmer. And then they start <laughs> reminiscing about stuff. And they remember... Like, they each remember something from the previous episode, and they're like, wait, that was last week. And then they uh, have memories of things that don't occur within the show. Like, like since this is a cartoon, they can do pretty much anything. So they're like, remember that one time we were on the real world, you know, the reality show? Or they've been to these different countries, like Japan and India and all sorts of places. Um, and they even are like, we've we've even met like a lot of celebrities in this convenience store. And he, like, funny enough, Jerry Seinfeld is one of the people they remember coming into the store. And he's just like, what's the deal with 2% milk? And, but like, <laughs> they're like really mean to the celebrities. And these flashbacks are like, get out of here and like, go away. And like driving by Matt Damon, throwing a water at him, being like, up yours, Matt Damon. Um, or like people see Ted Danson walking down the street and are like starstruck, whereas Dante and Randall are like, "Hey, it's Ted Danson. It's payback time," and they like throw a bottle. It's just like so absurd and ridiculous, and it, it even ends with like this uh, "Stand by Me" parody thing, where it turns out. The whole thing was one of the characters thinking back to like the summer where like they kept getting locked in freezers or whatever. And like it's kind of repetitive and some of the jokes probably haven't aged well. But uh, I think it's it was like the first time I experienced a clip show that did that sort of thing, like showing stuff that wasn't shown on screen and also um, poking fun at like the idea of it and showing stuff from like the first episode in the second episode wow <laughs> that sounds amazing i to be honest didn't even know clerks had an animated series yeah and most of those episodes had really long titles like this one was called the clip show wherein dante and randall are locked in the freezer and remember some of the great moments in their lives it's, it's oh, weird that's <laughs> funny that's funny okay that sounds interesting i have i haven't even seen the like the 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 clerks movie so i'm way behind on that bandwagon yeah the first movie is in black and white because apparently it was cheaper for kevin smith to do it that way but the second movie is in color and like admittedly there are jokes that like haven't aged well but it's (laughs) like i guess it's like a curiosity sort of thing yeah, isn't that the one where it's like there's only one return of man and it's return of the Jedi, not return of the king? Yeah, that was in Quirks too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it just for that. I that's that's uh, that's my kind of humor. All right. So uh <laughs> no offense to Lord of the Rings, but come on. Um but, Right. Uh, well, like it's just funny that like these people are arguing over two really great things instead of just like moving on or whatever but like that's pretty much what internet culture is like 
Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a nerd debate thing. That's something a nerd would say. So, uh, sounds like my kind of nerd. All right. Um, so I think I'm on to my number three, if you'll have it. And uh, this is a show that I don't know if I've mentioned before. I don't know if I've talked about. It's a show that I've kind of grown up on. It's one that my parents are pretty much addicted to. They they binge it all the time, and uh, they've been through it several times. And kind of with them, I've I've kind of attached to it. And really, I've really grown to like it um, because it's it's kind of a, a dramedy, if you will. It's very it's very much a comedy. Um, but you know, it's got some good storylines and good character development. And I think it's really well written as a show and, and better than a lot of sitcoms that kind of just like, Oh, you know, it's the same thing every week and just kind of these dumb jokes. Like it actually has a, like a really good storyline. It's a show. I don't know if you ever heard of this called coach. Oh yeah. I've heard of it, but I, for the life of me, can't remember who's in it. So it stars Craig T. Nelson who you okay. might know as Mr. Incredible, among other things. He's the voice of Mr. Incredible. Right. Um, and he was also in, uh, what was it? What was that scary movie? Um, uh, Poltergeist? Yeah, Poltergeist. Oh, the, uh, the remake or the original? The, the original, like the like 1980s version? Yeah, 1982, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. a classic. I, yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. But I've seen him in the show. And so for those who don't know, I don't know like how prevalent this is. It's been a part of my life like, literally forever since I was a kid because my parents watch it. But like I don't know how, like, how big it is. But like basically it's a, it's a football coach and he's at a college and, you know, and one of his uh, guys is uh, Jerry Van Dyke, who is brilliant, um, brother of Dick Van Dyke. So you can imagine. Um, and uh, it's really funny, and basically the whole premise is like he's you know football coach, he has family stuff, whatever, and then it kind of progresses to a point where he actually gets – he's a college football coach, and he gets a job to go to the pros, and he moves and goes away. But there's a episode where he comes back home. I think it's the finale, I think, where like they come back to where they started, and they go back to all these places. They go back to their old office and whatever else. And each time they like walk in a room or go back to a restaurant or whatever, like it, like they just stop there, <laughs> very cliche, and go, "Oh, won't you remember this place?" And then it goes flashbacks, and it again you know, flashes back to different things. And it's not like full scenes; it's like the kind of like these very, um, you know, the standard, you know, uh, flashback special effects and whatever, and then they go into it. And just kind of give little clips and whatever. It's pretty good, actually. For a clip show, for an episode that, you know, is clearly, like, with, uh, unlike Seinfeld. Like, Seinfeld was, like, out of the narrative. Just like, okay, this is a clip show. This is just, like, a celebration of the show and had, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. This was, like, a, within the narrative of the show, show, they're kind of celebrating the whole nine yards. Pretty well done. And so I do, I do recommend the whole show if you ever get a chance. I think it's, like, nine seasons, so it's pretty long. But uh, it's Oof, it's a good that's show. That's a commitment. <laughs> yeah, especially everything. But I tell you, it's got good writing. It really does develop a lot. And the main character that 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 Craig T. Nelson plays, he has a lot of development. He starts out as an absolute insufferable asshole. Like that's his character from the start, and he completely does a one eighty by the end. Like it's really satisfying. So if you ever 
want some good dramedy action, um, it's a good show. Okay. Yeah, it looks like it aired from 89 to 97. So like 87, yeah. Yeah, so like much of that is during Sun it's pretty much a contemporary of Seinfeld. That's so that's interesting. Yeah, it was like yeah, yeah, pretty much competition for him at that point, like airing pretty much at the same time. Yeah. So uh yeah. So it's kind of in that era. It's in that era. It's kind of in the same vein as Seinfeld, but obviously like a different kind of show. But a lot, a lot the same too. It's a lot of I think it's very nineties. Very nineties, um, as Seinfeld is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, very 90s could either be pretty good or pretty freaking bad. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, now we're nostalgic for the 80s and 90s. You know, all of us kids from the 90s, we're growing up now. We love the 90s. We love our our, our 90s kids stuff, our our Walkmans and all that stuff. Yeah, our uh, real monsters and our Rugrats, all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, yeah, a lot of good shows in the nineties. And I know I'm I'm disappointed we didn't hear from Mr. Zach Arnold because I'm sure he would have had a few at least a few ideas. And I, I saw that like Friends has a few clip show episodes. Yeah. What Zach would consider his favorite. Yeah, like they have at least a couple of clip show episodes and also some flashback episodes where uh, they kind of think back to like a couple previous Thanksgivings or they think of like something that happened in college or whatever. And it's pretty funny seeing like younger versions of themselves. Um, <laughs> there's like varying success with it. But yeah, Friends very much did a lot of that to, to a point where like when I watched the show from beginning to end before I left Netflix, um, my brother was like friends does way too many clip show flashback <laughs> episodes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's, that sounds about right. <sighs> well, that's uh yeah, I, I I have yet to binge through binge through friends, but maybe one day. And and it, as long as I'm friends with Zach Arnold, he'll hold it over my head to me. Yeah, as long as you're it. friends with Zach Arnold. <laughs> He's just going to, you know, next time I show up at his house, he's just going to like, okay, sit down. We're going to watch the entire series in one sitting. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, okay, so I think we are on to number twos now. And right. thankfully, there's no one here to make any number two jokes. Thankfully, looking <laughs> at you, Mr. Arnold. Yeah, looking um, at Mr. Arnold and the invisible chair across the room. <laughs> Yep, he's screaming at his phone right now listening to this, probably. Um, Steven, please, give us your second one. Yeah, you're very careful with the wording there. But um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, second place, it's kind of what they did was similar to the vein of Quirks, you know, showing clips of things that happened off, off screen, but they treat it like... It, like we should have like seen it or whatever um and so this is actually an episode of community uh so this is season two episode 20 paradigms of human memory and so the study group in the show has like these fun flashbacks like oh that time we went on a field trip to this western town and almost got shot or whatever 
and uh, like remembering be joining the Glee Club and then being like, guys, that's not a fun memory. The Glee Club died, and that's why we had to fill in. And it's weird stuff like that. And they, they also kind of poke fun at shipping sort of stuff. Like uh, a couple of the characters, uh, like people shipped on online, like made a YouTube video set to the song Gravity uh, by Sarah Bareilles or... or I think that's how it's pronounced. And yeah. what, like, Annie tells Jeff, she's like, I'm talking about the Annie of it all, like the stolen glances, the will they, won't they? And then, like, the show does their own version of that type of video with, like, the clips of stuff we didn't see before uh, these different <laughs> adventures, but set to that same song, Gravity. And uh, w- once that's done, uh, Jeff is like, you could do the same thing with Pierce and Abed, and that's Chevy Chase and Denny Putty's characters, and it like does it like shows clips of them as if it's like like doing mundane things, but because of the song, it's made to seem like romantic or whatever, and like it's just hilarious, and like the speech at the end is basically made up of different speeches that happen during these unseen adventures. It is just so well edited and has really good comedic timing, that episode. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I love how, again, like they're doing it, they're doing a clip show but doing it in a really clever way that's uh, not obvious and just (laughs) that sounds hilarious. Uh, Community is on my list. All right. I will get to it eventually. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Harmon did some like really good stuff with that show. It's it, it, it's become like basically a comfort watch. It's it's like well written, but it can also be a comfort watch. Like if you just need to put something on and like something familiar and cozy and characters you love seeing like it's it's one of my favorites. That's great. That's that's on my list. That's on my list now. I'll be looking forward to that one. I, I'm officially into what was it? What, what was the other Parks and Rec? Yeah, I watch Parks and Rec sometimes. <laughs> I officially got into it because of IPC, so I need to finish that one, and then I'll I'll get in on on the community at some point or another. All right, so I have a second one too, and I feel like I'm cheating because I kind of am. Do it here. Um, so I'm gonna say WandaVision. Oh, what, okay. My, yeah, my, I kind of see what you mean. <laughs> this is the one I put on my list. And I'm like, and I message you, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of playing fast and loose with the rules here. So I'm just preparing you for this. Um, so I'm gonna say that technically speaking, the second to last episode where Wanda goes back in time and sees herself and thing is a clip show. Even though technically speaking, it's not like a clip show in the same vein as like Seinfeld that like we're seeing stuff we've seen before, but it's her revisiting her past and like reminiscing slash being mentally tortured by her the really traumatic events in her life, but still kind of clip show. So I'm officially deeming this a clip show, and no one can stop me. So there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, much of the things I mentioned are clips that are 
like I guess they're basically flashbacks so not technically clips I've been shown before so yeah I'll allow it <laughs> like you know what is what is a clip show what is the meaning of the yeah. clip show what and... is a podcast <laughs> exactly like I've heard that like uh like MacGuffins like people say oh MacGuffin is like an object like an important object yeah I order them from McDonald's <laughs> Okay, you caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Oh, so apparently a MacGuffin is not a MacGuffin. Apparently a MacGuffin means something different. And I think Hitchcock or one of those old school filmmakers like coined the phrase, and it means something that's not important. It's like an object in the movie that's like just there and it's not important. But like we've, we've turned it into like, oh, like R2 and the Death Star planes, they're the MacGuffin of A New Hope, when that's technically not accurate. But I... I would argue that, like, well, it's taken that meaning. Like, now it means that because everyone thinks it means that. So, like, wouldn't that mean that it does mean that now? So, like, you can change the meaning of stuff, and I just did with clip shows, all right? Yeah, I feel like that's happened with other words as well. Because, yeah, like, the evolution of language is very weird. So, yeah, we, we'll just go with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, as long as, like, everyone's on the same page with like okay this means this then like that's really all that matters so like if you want to change the meaning of something go ahead like there's a lot of things that have changed over the years for example troll does not mean the same thing it did like 50 right. years ago <laughs> so like you know language changes language evolves you know it can happen so uh we're, we're taking our first strides into a larger world here on ipc am i right am i right yeah <laughs> so yeah, re uh, remember that time i was on ipc for that newsreel episode like a year ago this month oh what a time <laughs> we, we've come a long way we have come a long way all right so i think we're ready for our number ones and i'm curious what yours could be yeah, um, could I actually do my number one after yours? Yeah, actually, okay. that would be fine. And I would actually work with the pacing that right. we've established here. <laughs> and mine is pretty predictable, I suppose. Um, but maybe you saw it coming, maybe you didn't. But, you know, it's one that it seemed like a no-brainer. And it was one that, uh, you know, when we started talking about this, I'm like, yeah, this is... This is the one. This is the first one that I thought of. You've already talked about it a lot already tonight, so I don't really have a whole lot to add to this. But yes, the Seinfeld Chronicles episode of Seinfeld is magnificent. It's great. Um, and it's really, I think, one of the best. I, I, you know, I dare say, like, it's hard to compare it. Like, say, oh, this is the best episode of Seinfeld. But, like, it's really, like, if you want something, because, like, Seinfeld is not a generally heartwarming show <laughs> it's mostly just like stupid funny and just like oh my god facepalm worthy stuff so like it's a it's definitely a departure from like the general tone of the show but you know also kind of peels back the curtain quite literally and kind of gives you a sense of like what it was behind the scenes like this show wasn't just like a dumb funny show it was something that meant a lot to a lot of people and was a huge part of their lives for nine years. Like it's a big deal. And you know, it, it's nice to see that and get the bloopers like that and, and get that really nice montage of just like the behind the scenes stuff. And you know, them kind of, I think saying one of their final goodbyes on set, like it's, it's, 
really touching to watch. Um, and I can't hear that song that you t- you mentioned earlier without thinking of that Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling that this was going to be on both our lists. (laughs) Yeah, no brainer, no brainer there. But uh, sometimes I like to be predictable. So here we are. That is my number one. Nice. All right. And I guess it's time for my number one. Um, So I guess I'll also mention, like, an honorable mention, since I thought mentioning it earlier would kind of spoil it, but... Uh, so the show in question, it, it's an animated show, and it's also uh, Dan Harmon related. Uh, oh. It is Rick and Morty. Oh, uh, <laughs> my gosh. I think I heard about this one. Yeah, so uh, for the honorable mention one is a season three episode called Morty's Mind Blowers, where Rick shows Morty some memories that were, like, taken out of his brain be- to, like, Cause like he wanted to like forget them and it's like all this weird, like bizarre, funny stuff that happens and some of it is pretty bad. So I thought that was a nice concept, um, a way to shake things up, uh, like in place of interdimensional cable. Um, but the number one that I thought was like, like it's one of my all time favorite Rick and Morty episodes. So I definitely prefer it over Marty's mind blowers. Um, it is from season two, it's episode four, Total Recall. And so in this episode, the family has to quarantine themselves. Um, I know, kind of close to home, but uh, <laughs> like there's like a parasite. <laughs> there is a parasite that creates these zany, wacky uh, characters like out of like some silly cartoon or whatever and and like the family believes that these characters are actually friends or family of theirs but like rick is trying to remind everyone that there's supposed to be only a certain number of them and and the parasites trying to like get everyone to turn on rick and so you get like all these different characters created like um sleepy gary pencil vester it's like a little sentient pencil type of character or Mr. Beauregard, the butler. And like, as like before each of these different characters appear, you get like a different flashback with them as if like the family had gone on some sort of adventure with them. So you'll have like this submarine adventure or like the time the family got trapped in an elevator after seeing an incredible Hulk musical. And it's, (laughs) it's just like all super funny. And the way they figure out how to get out of, the problem is like so smart and also so hilarious and like like i won't spoil the ending but it's just so good um and uh yeah like there there's a certain scene i'll mention but before i do i i just want to get your uh like have you ever seen rick and morty like like any episodes of it i have seen a few episodes here and there um i've never like binged it but it's a show that, like, I want to binge because, like, every every episode I've seen is like, okay, this is brilliant. And I will say, a friend of mine showed it to me one time, just turned it on. And then I was like, oh, that's that kid show, Rick and Morty. That's that kid's <laughs> cartoon, Rick and Morty. And then I start hearing F-bombs. I'm like, wait a minute. 
what is this? So that I got a I got a crash course on Rick and Morty one time, and I haven't looked back. Yeah, I think I vaguely remember hearing you tell that story before <laughs> on some other IPC episode. Um, but yeah, like it's I definitely like obviously I highly recommend Rick and Morty. It's one of my favorite animated shows. It kind of filled that void after Futurama ended. You know, it's like that sci-fi comedy series type of thing and i just love it um and yeah i thought that so that that is definitely my favorite quote unquote clip show episode out of anything um but i think it's also fitting that we end on that one because that episode also has a scene where like all the zany characters are trying to like persuade rick to remember like something that didn't happen to create more characters so they're all like Remember the barbecue. Remember the barbecue. Hold still, Summer. Rick, that is my daughter. Oh, yeah, well, what if you just think that, Sleepy Gary? I've known you for 15 years. Don't make me hurt you. Rick, these are our family and friends, the people we barbecue with. Have you forgotten the barbecue? Wait, why would you want me to... You're one of them, aren't you? Rick, you love those barbecues, Rick. You love them. Hey! Remember it, Rick? Shut up, Hammer Eye. Shut up, Amish Cyborg. What is this, 90s Conan? Remember the barbecue. Remember the barbecue. Remember the barbecue. You know what, Pensylvester? Took me my whole life to realize it, but I love barbecuing. You're good at it, Rick. Watch me, baby. I'm like Tom Cruise from um, Cuisine or whatever that movie's called where he makes drinks. Yeah, check me out. I'm like Tom Cruise from Cuisine. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's called? Cuisine? Wow! Hey, everybody. Let's give it up for the grill master, Rick! 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 No! Shoot! Now look, it's like a Where's Waldo page. Can you find me? Check out all these zany characters. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> oh my god i'm surprised i'm shocked it's funny After... to watch even without context right <laughs> yes i it's like i'm shocked and dumbfounded that as long as we've done bbq watch on this show that i've never heard of this clip and i've seen a lot i will just go search like rick and morty clips like because they're funny um but like that oh god that I, i'm curious because Zach's seen a lot of Rick and Morty, but he's never mentioned that one. So I'm curious now. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. So I feel like maybe he hasn't, and maybe maybe this is a surprise for him. Maybe he'll maybe he'll listen to this and be surprised. Maybe he'll get to spring it on him in, in, in a future episode. But uh, that was great. That was great. And I didn't have to bleep anything out, so uh, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that. Rick and Morty creators for not putting in anything uh, too bad. There was a couple. There was a couple things I saw. There was something I was written on Rick's apron that I, I won't repeat. But other than right. that, um, <laughs> that was funny. That was great. And uh, I think that's gonna about do it for the first part of this episode. Um, we got our baby BBQ watch, and maybe even a quarter of the night. I'm not sure. I think that might that might just double as it. And uh, but we have a bit more to go. 
with this episode because we promised you guys a bit of discussion about the Snyder Cut, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we're going to give it to you in just a couple of short minutes. But before we do that, of course, take a listen to one of our sponsors and tell you about our patrons just a second. And we'll be right back after this short break. Stay tuned. This is IPC. Greetings, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I have drifted into the underworld. The Star Wars underworld. I have a bad feeling about this. Hey y'all, this is Ben Hart here. I know y'all just heard me on the IPC talking all things geeky and fun. Now I'm here to tell y'all about my other podcast. It's called The Star Wars Underworld, about all things Star Wars. We talk Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars Last Jedi, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and so much more. I record it with my friends Chris and Dominic, who are here to tell y'all all about it. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ben. I'm so excited to talk about Star Wars this week. It's fun. It's funny. We're going to have a great time. Hey, guys, I am so nostalgic for mall packaging, and I love being on the Star Wars Underworld podcast talking all the latest Star Wars news. Well, now that y'all had a little taste of the show and you know what to expect, you should check out more episodes by going to StarWarsUnderworld.com or by searching for the show on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, and all sorts of things. And may the Force be with y'all. It's a wrap, eh? Alright guys, we are back with more of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, talking more superhero stuff and uh, television shenanigans and and all kinds of crazy stuff. This has been a, a heck of an episode already and we're not finished quite yet. We got some more discussion, 
Snyder Cut, and uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, and some other superhero goodness to discuss. But before we do that, I want to give a special shout-out to our very loyal patrons. We got Joey Mays, Ryan H., Rachel Perry, Dan Grievous, and Carrie Fleming. They have been supporting us for a very long time here, and um, they have been very good. And I really, we're kind of in transitional period here with our patron system. We're glad to have these guys and gals supporting us. We're going to be switching over to Patreon pretty soon. I know we've been saying that for a very long time, but it's really hard to do that, all right? So give us a break and give us some time to actually make that happen because it's going to be a little bit of a a little bit of transitional period here to uh, get it, get it set up and get it ready to go, and hopefully we can get you guys some even better, um, cool and awesome, you know, pluses and uh, stuff that you guys will will, will want some incentives um, apart from stuff we released in the past. So that should be a lot of fun. Very much looking forward to revealing that to you guys in the very near future. But uh, yeah, Joey, Ryan, Rachel. Dan, Carrie, you guys are amazing. So, um, as you guys know, we promised you some uh, interesting discussion surrounding the Snyder Cut and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But there's also something else been happening recently, a, a superhero show or just a Superman show that uh, has been catching a lot of attention recently. Something that I talked about last time we were on with Zach and a show that I really – I'm digging a lot, and it's Superman and Lois. It's a show that's they're about four or five episodes in now. Yeah, I just watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, for those who don't know, this is this is the kind of CW kind of Arrowverse, but kind of isn't. It's kind of a new thing. This it's kind of connected. It's got Tyler Hetchland back as Superman, but he's playing a different version of Superman. Kind of, he's older. He's got kids. Um, him and Lois are there. And you know it's thing. It's really been solid, in my opinion. And it's done this thing where, you know, it there's so much history with the Arrowverse, but it's not really. It's kind of ignoring all of it and just kind of going off on its new direction. And I'm really enjoying this version of Superman and just the family and politics surrounding it and how they're kind of dealing with this and how Superman really isn't the. Like, he's Superman, he's in the show, but he's not maybe the primary focus. You know, you have Jonathan and Jordan Kent, which are his sons, that are, you know, have their own issues, and they're taking a lot of spotlight, and it's really been good. But I I think, Steven, you've been catching up on the show too, haven't you? Yeah, and I've also been enjoying this. Like, I know you were praising the trailer for it, and while... Uh, I have loved Tyler as Superman ever since he first appeared in, like, Supergirl Season 2. Like, that was a breath of fresh air, seeing, like, a bright and optimistic Superman. Like, he nailed it. It was a stark contrast from, like, the dark and brooding character he played on Teen Wolf before that. Like, Like, even though you praised the trailer, like, I remember thinking, wait, am I missing something about the trailer? And I think you talked about it, but uh, I've genuinely been impressed by the show. Like, it feels very intimate. It's it's a really good family show. And, and like, you think about past Superman, like, live-action Superman shows, and, like, this is, like, kind of untackled territory because 
so in the 50s, you have the adventures of Superman, which is very much like the classic, like Superman uh, working at the Daily Planet and, you know, Lois and everyone are there. And then in the late 80s slash early 90s, you have Superboy, uh, which is like Clark's college years. And then he starts working at this paranormal investigation agency type thing it's a really weird show it goes through like a couple <laughs> of different retollings and even like two different uh clark kent actors in that show wow. so it's it's really weird um but then after like a year after that got canceled you get this uh show that's like a whole different thing it's lois and clark w- with dean kane and terry hatcher and that's kind of a romantic comedy it's but it still feels comic booky to me um you know it's them work at the daily planet and it's got really good humor and like some good stories and that was my favorite live action super and show uh and it even ends with the possibility of like perhaps starting a family but of course that show got canceled before they could explore more of that and then we got smallville which um many people know like superman or clark growing up as a teenager and then in his 20s like from smallville to metropolis um so it feels like superman and lois is kind of going in the direction of something i kind of would have liked for lois and clark to have been allowed to explore albeit it would have been a baby with them but here we're seeing how Lois and Clark are as parents of these teen boys. And I really buy into Tyler being a, a parent to these uh, teen boys. Like he's a dad, like, like he's, it, it's weird. Cause I'm so used to seeing him like perceiving him as like a young single character guy uh, yeah, type of person yeah. but like i buy into the relationship that like he's married to lois and they have these kids and he's like obviously there are struggles but he's trying to be a good dad and the teen boys have their own thing and i just love that it's not just like they shake it up they mix it up by balancing it between the parents and the teens like it's a good mix it's not just a generic teen show it's not just the same old Superman show. It's like a nice balance, a nice mix. Yeah, it's, I like the focus that they've done, and I think the writing is really strong in a way that it's not... You could lean on Superman and the Superman action sequences and whatever to kind of carry the show. And that was one thing that like you know was great about Arrow. And I, I loved Arrow. I think Arrow was really well written, but at the same time... You kind of like you, Arrow was set up as like, you know, the formulaic of like every 10 minutes or so there was a big action sequence, you know, <laughs> and it would show up. And like it was great. Like they did a lot of work on the choreography. Like that show was really well done, but it was clearly like it's like, OK, take superheroes and mix them with soap operas and there's action and whatever. And like it really kind of, you know, in a way kind of felt samey after a while. And it really, you know, you kind of guess where the episode was going every week and it wasn't always about you know what's going on with the characters this show i think does really well with balancing everything out and if anyone is not getting the spotlight it's clark 
if anyone is not like you know you because like you think of like oh a superman and lois show is going to be mostly superman it really isn't like superman is a big part of it like there's like i think the second to last episode was like the, it opens with like okay clark comes in and there's a bridge falling in china he goes and catches it and that's basically the only big action sequence in the in the whole show. The rest of it is just like family stuff and them dealing with stuff. And Lois has got her own plot, and she's you know she's dealing with, um you know working a new job and living in Smallville. And the boys have their stuff, and Clark is kind of in between supporting them. And it's not all about like oh hey there's special effects. Like no, it's it's about this family. It's about these kids trying to figure themselves out and. Clark being this kind of dad and 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 the responsibility of Superman and how he's lived so many years kind of absent from their lives because he's been Superman. He's realizing that and he's having to kind of backtrack and get back with his family, but then he's getting flack from the other side. And then, you know, Sam Lane's coming in the picture like, dude, you're like literally the most important person in the world. You can't be doing family stuff like when the world's falling apart. Um and like it's really well done because like you see both sides of the coin and you understand like yeah okay superman is important but like these kids need their father especially right now i don't want to give away too many spoilers but like it's it's really well done and immediately just from the first episode like you know minor spoiler alert here like clark kent loses his job at the daily planet like that's a huge part of that character like if you ask somebody hey who is superman who is clark kent oh he's a journalist looks works for the daily planet you've just now taken that away from that character and now he's going completely in a different direction like that's that's interesting storytelling going into a new direction and it, that's why i think it's great that you kind of went over like the previous shows that it it kind of goes in the direction of like a as a spiritual successor to shows like lois and clark in Smallville because it's taking the it's not retreading stuff very easily just be oh it's what I thought it would be which is like oh Superman being Superman then Lois is there it's really not it's about this family it is a a family drama that happens to involve Superman and it's really well done and so I'm very intrigued by it. it's kind of a slow burn so far but like they've done a good job of like each episode kind of gives you a little bit bigger part of the Pete's the part of the the pie here and you're you're getting more information as you go and it's really well paced so i've been enjoying a lot i am totally hooked on this show i'm i'm as looking forward to this as much as i am you know falcon under soldier because it's really been a great so far yeah I, I really appreciate how each of the different superman shows have given us different pieces of superman's life so that we get some variety and it can like the character can resonate with different age groups and i I have a feeling that if superman and lois continues to be this good it could very well end up like becoming my favorite live action superman show like i'm i'm like each week i like look forward to seeing each episode whereas with a few of the other cw arrowverse shows i'm still trying to keep up but it i sometimes fall behind and so like i'll end up having a few that i'll have to like uh set aside and like a, a bit of time and like catch up with them uh but superman and lois right now is my favorite of the bunch are still airing at the moment it 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 truly feels like 
the show that's like the CW. This is the new big show for the CW, in my opinion. I think this is the new show that's really going to set things off and hopefully build, you know, kind of a new universe. Because, you know, so far there really hasn't been any connections to the previous stuff. There's like one that with the villain. The villain is obviously something to do with Infinite Earths and coming from a, a different reality. So there's that and obviously leftover from from Crisis. But like other than that, like it's all new story, all new, you know, situations. And there's really no mention of like, you know, you know, obviously, you know, Tyler Hitchland first showed up. He was always, oh, it's, you know, Kara's cousin, Superman. Like she's not in this. She's not even mentioned. And it's apparent from the get go that like, especially from this latest episode where, you know, Sam Lane's kind of getting you know, he's not happy because Clark's spending more time at home and he needs to be Superman. And like, it's clear that Superman really is the only superhero in this universe. There is no Justice League. There is no Batman. If so, they're not really on the map. And Superman is the only like hope for the entire world. And that's obviously weighing big on them. But, uh, you know, yeah, go ahead. I I don't know. That's something I'm, I'm kind of confused about because, well, like, I guess I'm going to have to do some more reading up on this because I couldn't remember if, like, Crisis caused something that might have made this its own universe or if maybe, like, because Crisis was such a huge crossover event, perhaps they're not relying too much on having the characters crossover with each other. But, yeah, it, like, in any case, I feel like Superman and Lois is pretty accessible, even for anyone who hasn't watched any of the arrow stuff that's arrowverse stuff that's aired before yeah like there's stuff there that like you can pick up on if you've seen the rest of the Arrowverse stuff like i said the infinite earth stuff but like it's not there's nothing in there that like you're going to be confused by obviously there's there's superman lore that if you're familiar with that it's going to be even more so you enjoy it but you know it's it's basically all new all new story all new everything just kind of an expansion of the superman mythos which is which is great um so i I, i've like i said i've been really i'm really hooked on it and i think you know unlike the rest of the superhero cw shows where it's kind of like uh they kind of go along and then you kind of get like feels like you know 50 minutes of filler (laughs) and then like (laughs) five seconds at the end where they like tease what's coming next and you get an update with the villains like no the plot is actually like moving really far along really fast you really started to get stuff, especially with like Morgan Edge and that whole thing, and like that's heating up the past couple episodes. Like there's there's other people that are also powered that aren't Superman, and there's Kryptonian stuff going on and Kryptonite, and yeah, it's 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 crazy. And you know, I'm and it's already got a season two, I think. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it just shows that they have a lot of confidence in the show. So I, I'm really glad that the future of the show looks bright, at least for the moment. Yeah. So I'm definitely, so me and you have to work together and we have to get Zach to watch the show so that we can come back after season one and do a, a full on round table thing about this because, uh, I want to get, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching the gospel of Superman and Lois. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't stop talking about like, Hey, you watch the show because I feel like no one's paying attention to it because, 
understandably, a lot of people, including myself, fell off the CW train. It's like, ah, whatever. I, I don't know what's going on in that universe. I can't pick up on it. This is completely new. You can pick this up and be totally enamored with it and not have any prior knowledge. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of comic books in a nutshell when you think about it. Like, more titles will cross over with each other to a point where it gets convoluted, and then they'll try to do, like, a soft reboot type of series to get readers to get into it a bit more and so it, it feels very comic booky to me which is kind of funny but yeah, yeah I, I love funny. that it's more accessible yeah i, I yeah that that's is you're you're right the whole comic book connection is 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 very apparent and so uh very much looking forward to seeing where the show goes next and i think uh a new episode coming out like every wednesday i think so uh that's great that's wonderful um so another thing that also involves superman came out the other day zach snyder's justice league aka the snyder cut aka justice league director's cut aka that thing that we thought would never happen (laughs) actually happened um we have it in all its four hours of glory. And uh, like I said, I've only seen 20 minutes of this, so I I can't give you any spoilers. Um, I don't know much of anything. I've seen most, I've seen like up until the point where like, you know, and, and actually it's funny, it moves along pretty quickly. Like everyone was talking about how, how boring like the first third of it is. And like, I'm not going to disagree from what I've seen, but at the same time, does seem to move along pretty well with like what i remember of the original theatrical cut so like you know obviously the whole business goes down in themiscara about the same way in the original theater club and that's that's pretty early on so like this the plot's moving forward pretty well so i'm very interested and I, i'm liking what i've seen so far but you have seen the entire thing correct yeah i saw all four hours of it in one sitting and like, I also saw people saying the first third is a slog to get through. But when I got around to watching it, like, it didn't feel that way to me. Like, my eyes were very much glued to what was going on. And I, surprisingly, I actually cared about what was going on. Because, uh, like, I mean, uh, like, I think you and I have been, like, on kind of the same page. Like, we're... we're um, Whereas we are Zach fans, uh, Zach Arnold, that is. But when it comes to <laughs> Zack Snyder, we're kind of iffy on some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I appreciate him as a filmmaker. I love his visual style. I think he's very talented. And, but like I'm not I'm not I like to say I'm not kneeling at the altar of Zack Snyder. <laughs> like I can take him or leave him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, like in general, with any director, I think it's really weird when people will like worship directors as if they can do no wrong. It feels very culty to me, uh, so it's really creepy. But um, in any case, like, so my thing is that Man of Steel, I enjoy. Like, it, I do have issues with it, like particularly the Jonathan Kent stuff. And, like, some of the fight stuff toward the end could have been trimmed down. But overall, I think it's decent. Not as good as the first two Christopher Reeves movies. Um, But then Batman versus Superman, 
I really do not like that movie, either version of it. Like, it's just, I just don't like it. Like, both of the characters feel very, like, poorly written to me. Uh, Like, uh, Batman feels, it feels like they try to make Batman too edgy in that movie, and Superman cannot, for the life of him, figure out that he should probably try talking to Batman rather than (laughs) walking toward him, triggering more traps and hitting him before saying what's going on. Like just Bruce, we need to talk, but first I'm going to punch you in the face and throw you across the room. Yeah. Just freaking yell what you need to say. And like, also like Lex Luthor feels like a Jim Carrey character. So like whatever other people see in the movie, I don't, get what people love about it like it's so and like the snyder cut does not make me appreciate batman versus superman more either like well i i don't think my opinion of that of bvs will ever change but with the snyder cut or Zack snyder's justice league rather i was very impressed with how much i enjoyed it like when the first trailer for it came out at dc fandom i was not really impressed with it i was like oh he's just doing the it like it's it just reminded me of the awkward scene from Watchmen where hallelujah plays and it felt like there was nothing for me to latch onto in that trailer but this cut it really does feel like a better movie than what whedon put out and there's stuff in it that i'm i don't understand why it was cut out um like, for example, um, we get more background stuff for Flash and for Cyborg. And it's like the Flash in the Whedon version, I found some of his humor to be cringy. And there's still a tiny bit, there's still bits of that in this version. But there's enough stuff to balance that out to make him feel a bit more compelling to me. And Cyborg, you know, Cyborg is my favorite Teen Titan. So I was really happy that this cut did justice to him. And Ray Fisher does such a great job. And like, like you could make the argument that maybe there's too much backstory in this and it should have been its own movie, but it was very, it was watch that I felt like including the backstory stuff was justified. Like it didn't need to be its own solo movie before this and i kind of wonder like was the cyborg stuff gonna be repurposed for the cyborg movie they originally planned on putting out after justice league like or was this just never gonna be in the theatrical cut like i'm scratching my head over like why that stuff was cut out at all because it's really good it makes you care more about the character and uh, there's also some really great music choices and like the flash gets a really pivotal role and really great moments. And like, it, it's just like, I finally get what Snyder was trying to do with this justice league movie. Like where, whereas Whedon's version is kind of streamlined for normies. The Snyder version is made to be more like an epic fantasy movie like i remember way back when man of steel was being developed as a trilogy he said something about wanting to make a lord of the rings style trilogy and Ah. definitely got that those vibes 
here. Like, this isn't just any superhero movie. Like, like he's talked about how he was trying to do it as mythology. And when you think about it, DC is very much inspired by mythology. And so he really got that across in this movie, like, really well. And well, it's kind of funny, like, in hindsight, like, the guy who directed 300 which was actually my first r-rated movie that i saw in the theater and like like it's based on a graphic novel that's inspired by greek mythology and it's like here we are again with this movie and it's like i legitimately think that this that his version of justice league is really good and it makes me wish that well like even to the point where by the end of it, like I really actually would like to see what would have happened after this film. Like, like I doubt they're ever going to continue from it given like all the behind the scenes stuff, but I really do wish that we could see the movie that results from what, like that could have been like a sequel to this movie. Cause there are some really interesting ideas in this and like, it's just like some of the stuff that was in the Whedon cut is done much better here. And it's like, yeah, like it's, it's don't sleep on this. Watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like that's, I don't know what more I can say. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, from, like I said, I haven't seen much of it, but like I'm getting really good vibes and I've actually really enjoyed what I've seen so far, I'm really hopeful about it because, like, I, like, like I said, I'm not the biggest Zack Snyder fan. I don't hate him by any means, but like, I'm not like I appreciate his visual style. I, I like stuff things. I I enjoy Man of Steel. I think it's a pretty good movie. I'm not a, the biggest fan of BBS, um, and but like I think what he's doing here, I think is really awesome. It just like because I I generally I was pretty skeptical going into this because i'm like ah, for our movie like you know this seems a bit ridiculous like clearly this isn't the movie that he was going to release back in 2017 or whatever was going to come out but it was definitely you know it's definitely like a product of his time which is like snyder came back he's doing the movie that he wants to he knows it's going to be on streaming so he's just doing it and he he knows that probably at least going into this that he's probably not gonna get a shot another shot at this this is it so why not go out with a bang, do just all the footage? And from what I've seen so far, it's like it really feels like there's certain things that maybe could have been cut out. Like there's lines in here and there yeah. that you're like, okay. There's there's definitely so, slow motion bits that could have been trimmed down. There's a lot of stuff that could have been. And like there's like there's a moment where wonder woman like the, the whole wonder woman sequence in like london is like really extended and it's way better like it's just the whole feel of it or whatever it's just it's just really done extremely well much better than the whedon version but you know there's a moment where kind of it stops and like i think in the whedon version just you just cut like you're just cut away and she saves everyone but then like you spend kind of a little bit of, a couple more moments with her and she like bends down and she's talking to the kids and the girl after like, can i be like you when you grow up like I was watching that scene going like, yeah, the movie really doesn't need this. It's not <laughs> it's not something that I think a normal movie would have in it. If it, this was like a real theatrical movie, it would have been cut out. And it was cut out of the Whedon version. But I appreciate them just throwing it in. I appreciate the idea of like, hey, just 
we're just going to put everything here and let this be a slow burn of a movie and not here's the next scene, next scene, next scene. This is not for somebody, you know, with a, a short attention span. And I say that as someone with an extremely short attention span. I have the <laughs> short attention span of a five year old. I get bored so easily, but I was very intrigued by this. So I'm very encouraged by this. And I'm very, from what I've heard, a lot of stuff. And you, you're talking about Ray Fisher. Like, I, that's like the biggest reaction I've seen is like people going, like, what were you doing, Joss Whedon? Like, come on, man. Like, you know, Ray Fisher just got such a raw deal in the first movie. And like, he wasn't cut out of the movie, but he definitely wasn't a huge part of it. And being that he's, that's his first appearance. This is his first like outing as this character. Like, you need, it's a little bit of backstory to understand where he's coming from. And it sounds like, the Snyder cut actually gives him his due. So that's, that's great. It sucks that now that Ray Fisher has spoken out about this, he's, I think he's been fired from the flash. He's probably not going to be in this role anymore due to Warner brothers being just assholes. But, uh, at least he got his due in this movie. Yeah. Like I love cyborg, the character and like just seeing him in all these different incarnations, like teen Titans, young justice or, even being part of the Doom Patrol and the Justice League, like I'm, I'm just glad that we got to see more of Ray Fisher as part of that, like cyborg lexicon, like all these different versions of the character. And I remember when I watched the Whedon cut in the theater, I, like I, I still latched on to Cyborg. Maybe it was me superimposing what I already knew about the character from other things. But knowing that there was all this footage that had been shot for him and wasn't used, it was like, what the hell were they doing? Like, why didn't they include all this? And so I'm just, I'm at least glad that they were able to like insert all of this. And and there are also some tiny moments here and there that have to do with like parents. And when you think about it, it's really heartwarming in hindsight when you think of like, Snyder and like the family tragedy stuff that he had to go through and like it really like he needed to do this and it feels like a victory for him yeah I think like anytime a creator can just come in and just create something in the purest form and not be you know pulled back by a studio or whatever because that's that's the ultimate you know just awful thing about movies sometimes is that you know people interfere and you have someone with a vision and then that vision gets kind of whittled down to something and they don't get to do what they think and that's that the, you know you have creators going like oh yeah i had ultimate creative freedom to do whatever i wanted because that's what people want to hear it's like i want to see what this guy has to offer and like regardless if you love or hate Zack snyder i want him to make the movie that he wants to make i want to see what he wants to put on screen and nothing else like that's that's the ultimate thing so the fact that this is obviously still made within the studio system and he's talked before about i think he was going to have like green lantern in the movie at some point or whatever or maybe he's in it i don't know i haven't seen the movie so who else who knows but like he's he was talking about certain things that like the studio fought him on and stuff like that and you know obviously it's not like maybe exactly what he wanted but it's way closer to it and he's i think he like basically sold his like just gave away all of his like paycheck to like say hey i'll do this for free if you let me give have ultimate creative freedom so 
that's pretty awesome. And so just as an experiment, as a experience – as a really kind of setting a precedent, I think this is a, an amazing thing that, you know, I think, you know, regardless of anybody, I know it kind of sets a weird precedent and there's been a lot of toxic stuff within the Snyder Cut fandom, but ultimately, this is a good thing. This is a creator getting to share his creation as is intended with an audience that has been clamoring for it for a while. That's good. Yeah, I've long thought that his best DC movie is Watchmen. Like, I know that there are changes uh, to the source material that some people didn't like, but I think overall Watchmen is a really good film. But I think now, I think this might be his best DC film. And it may not be like the best thing ever, but like for someone like me who's been very critical of some of Snyder's stuff, like I was genuinely impressed by it so yeah like i hope i'm not hyping it up too much and that like <laughs> people <laughs> don't aren't like I, I don't know unrealistic expectations like i just hope that people can still enjoy it even like with all the hype yeah i'm still i'm still trying to go in i've seen a lot of you know really great takes and some really excited takes from people that are really into the Snyderverse. Not that I don't trust those people, but like, I know that I'm not, uh, I'm not in that fandom. So like, you know, I'm not going to have the same opinion they do, but uh, you know, ultimately I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to watch the rest of it. And hopefully I have, you know, a pretty decent opinion. And I, from what I'm seeing so far, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So like, I feel like that's a good sign. Yeah, like originally I was going to wait until Saturday to watch it with a couple friends online. But like because, you know, you know, I I got this like, you know, it's a combination of Internet pressure. And then you're asking, have you seen the Snyder Cut? And like we might talk about it. And I was like, no, I can set aside four hours Thursday night and watch it. And funny enough, I ended up watching it around the same time that two other friends from college were watching it like we realized it online and so having that communal experience of texting reactions back and forth was fun and like i'm surprised to say that i'm looking forward to watching it again uh saturday uh, tomorrow as we're recording it that's awesome that's awesome that's that's a testament because like for me it's like i can watch a movie once but if i want to go watch it again that's uh that's good on the movie because, uh, you know, if you can watch it second time, of course, I've seen the original Justice League twice. <laughs> so, um, oh, I've only seen it once. I think I watched it both times for this show. So, um, you know, I guess I watched it against my will, kind of. So it wasn't, <laughs> I didn't do it, you know, thing, but I didn't fight it either. Like, you know, I was like, ah, whatever. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not an uber hater of, uh, any of, of those movies so you know i enjoyed them for what they are whatever but uh I'm, I'm hoping this one will be one like okay this is the four-hour movie i will actually go back to and watch from time to time yeah so i don't know like what else to say because i don't want to like ruin any surprises that you may be looking forward to <laughs> yes well we'll see we'll see i'll i'll have i'll probably in the next couple days or so i will have my full reactions online and then I will go ahead and say that uh, 
off off time, uh, myself and Zach have already discussed the idea of possibly doing not one but two episodes of this podcast dedicated to the Snyder Cut because we've agreed that with our track record, it's probably gonna take like you know three hours per like hour of each thing and like this is four hours long so like <laughs> it's it's really gonna be something to get through so uh, we might need two hours and we might need some panelists so uh steven if you're if you're available i'm sure we'd love to have you back um to uh talk in depth because i I'm, i feel i feel bad for limiting you right now from from spoilers but uh i'm assuming a lot of people out there still haven't seen it so uh including myself right. so uh we'll hold off a little bit longer and something that I haven't seen at all, so I'm probably not going to say much at all about this. I'm just going to let you take the floor on this, Steven. Right, um, and I won't Fal- spoil anything. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I've been waiting for this for a really long time. I legitimately had, like, had no time to sit down and watch this thing. It's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is my – you guys know it's been the thing that I've been looking forward to the most out of all the Disney Plus content, especially from Marvel. And it's really good, and I've been seeing a lot of good reactions to this as well. Um, and it's ironic that it's coming out basically almost the same day as as the Snyder Cut. Um, so Marvel and DC fans are getting fed at the same time. That's good. Um, no more rivalry. Everybody's happy. And uh, so you have seen the first episode. The first episode's out right now. And yes, we will be doing a full breakdown of all the episodes. Once they're all out, we'll, be, we'll come back to this and uh, do a full review. But for right now, I just want to hear your spoiler-free thoughts on Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 1. Right, so I watched the episode um, shortly after finishing Justice League. Um, and like after watching that, I was like, oh, how am I going to focus on this episode? But I, I, I managed, and um, I, I, I enjoyed what I watched. Because when you think of the Falcon and Winter Soldier well, speaking for myself, I kind of think, what's this going to feel like? Like, is it going to feel like just any other Marvel Cinematic Universe movie? Because, you know, WandaVision was very experimental with the format. But I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, like during a couple of the action sequences, I felt like I was kind of just going through the motions. But there are other things in the episode where it's like i really appreciate that they're going in depth with the characters and dealing with stuff that the movies didn't really have time for like especially with uh bucky like dealing with sort of his inner turmoil turmoil over the stuff he committed when he was brainwashed and like when you think about that's the sort of stuff that should have been explored a long time ago but now that they have like a tv series they can finally get to that Uh, it's kind of like how wandavision it had the chance to explore the blip a bit more than the movies had a chance to Mm. that's cool that's cool i'm because that's like that was one of the things i was talking about i think on star wars underworld was like you know the whole idea of like both bucky and sam were were you know not only kind of you know they've they're they've been through a lot of turmoil but you know they were out of it for five years like they're two of the people that were blipped and you know what does that do to you what 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 is the psyche and we really haven't gotten into that too much um we got a little bit of it with monica rambeau which was great but i'd love to see more of that explored and from what i've heard it's uh explored a lot more 
So uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. And just the fact that these episodes are going to be like 45, 50 minutes long is is great news. Yeah, like the first episode without the end credits is 42 minutes from what I remember. So it's pretty good length. Great. That's great. So I can't wait. And I'm sure you guys probably I've already by the time you listen to this, you've already heard it. And probably by the time I put this out, I will have watched it. But, uh, you know, it's it's uh, what is this like six episodes, I think. Something like uh, that. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So not as long as WandaVision, but still man, mine end up if each episode's like as long as this one is, then I actually end up getting more content than WandaVision in the end. Okay. Like it could but, end up being the same amount of screen time or maybe longer, even with fewer episodes. Like we'll just have to see. Yeah, very much so. But uh, we got one episode each week. We got uh, four hours of Snyder Cut. We got Falcon Winter Soldier every week. We got Superman and Lois. Lots of stuff happening, like a lot. And uh, it's not about to stop anytime soon. And we got Bad Batch. We got Loki. We got. God, so many things. Godzilla and King Kong is coming around the corner. Um, I might actually be going back to a real theater soon, maybe. Maybe I might have actually oh, wow. hyped myself up for that. So uh, we'll see. It's going to be pretty crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier cannot wait. Um, well, I think that about does it. If there's anything else, do you have anything else you want to bring up before we close this out, Steven? Uh, no, I, I think we pretty much covered everything. We like made it to the other side. So yeah, like I think we got through all the topics. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, guys, like I said, I think, I think we've covered everything. We've got, we've got the quote of the night and the barbecue watch right there. One fail swoop. So, uh, yeah, we nailed it all. We're done. All right. This is over. This is wrapping up episode number 320. Of um, in a hundred episodes, it's going to get real interesting. But for now, we're three twenty, and uh, you can of course follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. You can follow Mister Zach Arnold at Zach Z A Zach dot the Voice on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me personally at Ben Hart with no E, exactly as it sounds. Um, our IPC, our spinoff. Our rated show is over on Fandom Empire. Definitely go check them out. Zach is doing a cool thing now. He's doing Fandom News Now. Um, go check that out. Go go find him on social media because he's been posting pictures from that. It looks really cool. Like he's 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 spiffied up. He's he's a he's a big time news broadcaster now. I'm proud of him. <laughs> and there there's some good stuff over uh, with Sage and everybody. So that's great news. Um, for me personally, you can follow uh, the at the at the SWU for the Star Wars Underworld, um, at Culture Slate for all all the other stuff going on there, um, and I said my personal stuff. So uh, I'm I've got a, a, too much going on. All right, too much. It's just too much. All right, sometimes um, you can find more episodes of the IPC podcast on StarWarsUnderworld.com and iTunes. So definitely go check that out and go subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Leave a review. Helps a lot and helps us get up in the rankings. Um, our host site is Pod, Podbean. IPCpodcast.podbean.com is where you can find every single episode of our show. And uh, you can also get 
well, not free swag, but swag. You can support the show at tpublic.com slash user slash IPC podcast. Um, yeah, get some mugs and all kinds of cool stuff. Shirts. Yeah, BBQ Watch IPC. It's all there. Go check it out. Um, Steven, thank you so much, especially those who don't know. Um, it was short notice because I needed to plan this show late in the game. But you, you stepped up and you helped me out, make the show happen. I sincerely appreciate you coming on. Please take some time to tell the people what you do, how they can find you online, and anything else you like to promote. Of course. So I've been on a podcast called Star Trek Culture, which you can find in video form on the Culture Slate YouTube channel. And you can also find it on Apple and Spotify. I also have my own uh, podcast. Like I have different people on each episode or maybe some of the same people in a few different episodes at a time. It's called Delayed Replay. You can find that at anchor.fm. It's also on Spotify, Apple, and some other places. Like you can just find it. And basically, it's a podcast where uh, we pretend to review movies that got delayed as if they came out on time. Right now, we're uh, it's kind of in the middle of a few video game movies. Uh, so the one from last week was the Mortal Kombat one, you know, the new one. Uh, the one coming out sometime tomorrow is about Uncharted, you know, the Tom Holland movie that's coming out at some point in the future. <laughs> and then the one for next weekend is on Tomb Raider 2, the sequel to the recent reboot movie. Uh, so, yeah, check those out or check out the whole back catalog. Uh, lots of fun, improvised stuff. And just random tangents, even about movies that have nothing to do with the movies we talk about. And you can also find my fantasy horror comedy novel, Lemons of My Brain, on Amazon. More info on that at stevenshinder.com. And you can also follow me at stevenshinder on Twitter and Instagram and stevenshinder storytelling on Facebook. So, yeah, I think that's all of my plugs. So thanks again, Ben. I really enjoyed being on this episode. Well, thank you once again for joining me. This was awesome. Um, A special shout out to you for the uh, top five segment, which was even more fun than I originally realized. Um, That was a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, love the news and uh, lots of uh, good discussion on the stuff. And and I'm sure, you know, there's a lot more to be said about the Snyder Cut and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and even Superman and Lois. I think we'll be coming back to those topics pretty soon, I think, to do that. Um, And uh, a huge shout out to our buddy Zach. He's out there busting his butt to do some awesome things and further his career. Unfortunately, he couldn't be here tonight, but we miss him dearly, and we can't wait for him to come join us once again. Um, I would tease next week's episode, but I don't know what's going to happen. I, I would say that's not it's not even going to be next week because we are on a bi-weekly schedule <laughs> right now, so every two weeks, so don't come back next week because we will not be here. Um, just re-listen to this episode because that's how this works. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, we'll be back the next week. And I don't know what we're going to be talking about. Could be, uh, could be some, maybe some Snyder Cut stuff, maybe some Falcon Winter Soldier stuff, maybe something different. Who knows? Um, but that's going to do it because I'm rambling at this point. I just need to end the show, <laughs> get it over with, and uh, call it a night. So that's going to do it for the IPC podcast, for myself, for Zach, for Steven. Thanks again for listening. And uh, tune in next time. going to be a lot of fun. But before we leave you, we're just going to leave you with this closing thoughts. Remember the barbecue. <laughs> Good night, everyone.